Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. 9118. <clears throat> or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go out to our chat room, which is available as we speak. It is available right now. <coughs> Excuse me. It's available right now. You can go in and you can send your prayer request. You can, even if you just want to just interact or ask questions, you're welcome to do so. I would like to say a huge hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, 
while Senior Pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are listening to the show. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Okay. Question. Have you lost control of your life? Do you feel powerless? Do you feel used by others? Do you have people always trying to make decisions for you, even against your wishes? If you said yes to any of these questions, it's time to be aware of your rights and your power, but most importantly, to use them. On this show, we're going to talk about ways that can help you or help us to be able to take a stand and regain our power back in the episode called Stop Losing Control and Regain Your Powers. Excuse me. Now, as we get ready, I want to make sure that I get the chat room going. Look like it is coming together right now. Good. For those who want to have their questions, it is available now. Questions, comments. Okay. Now, You'd be surprised right now as so many people, they're walking around us, some of them regardless of age, race, financial status, culture. There's so many people that they may be living this life. They may be enjoying life, what it looks like on the outside. But when you really get a chance to either talk to them or they may share some things with you, their lives are out of whack. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what we want to do today, we want to talk about, number one, not only just regaining the power, but also what we want to do, we want to look at reasons why or how we lost our power. And so today what we want to do, first want to say this disclaimer, I'm not a licensed physician. I'm not a licensed um, psychiatrist, but I do want to just talk about just sometimes everyday ordinary things that sometimes we just allow ourselves to lose power or sometimes allow ourselves to have power taken from us. So this is a healthy dialogue for us to be able to just talk about, but for those who may feel that they want to take it a step further and see some professional counselors, by all means, you feel free to contact me and I will see if I can help you find some that are, first of all, 
Christian base. So I do want to offer that that invitation. But first, what we want to do is, in talking about losing control, we want to first talk about lose control. Sometimes, how do we lose control? First and foremost, sometimes we either allow the business or we get distracted. And many things that bring distraction upon us that make us lose control, sometimes when we're hurt, sometimes we are so distracted within our hurt that we miss the rest of our lives that are going on. And because of our distraction and focusing on our hurt, a lot of time we allow the devil, the enemy, or even sometimes people who are not trustworthy into our lives or into our circle, in our circle of friendship. So in us losing control, when we are hurt, we're vulnerable. When we are hurt, we're not only unfocused, but a lot of times we allow ourselves to have our guards down. We're vulnerable. We allow our guards to be down. And sometimes we're looking for any and everybody or anybody who would allow us in their presence, in their presence, or even someone that may give us the time, someone that may give us, quote, unquote, what we want. It may not be what we need, but Sometimes when people give us that attention, they may say the right thing the right time, but it may be the wrong person. And because of that, we're allowing someone that's unhealthy into our lives or into our circle. Now, a lot of times we look at pertaining to a relationship of the opposite sex, which that does happen sometimes when a person is vulnerable or when someone have gone through a breakup, it could be a failed relationship, it could be a divorce or whatever. Sometimes because of our guards being down, sometimes we allow that hurt to either allow ourselves to uh, gravitate to the wrong person. But also what happened, not only gravitating to the wrong person, but sometimes hurt it isolates us. Not only allowing people that are unhealthy to come into our lives, but sometimes the isolation hinders healthy people or your roots or your support system to get access to you. So it goes both ways. Like I said, not only allowing unhealthy people within us, but sometimes distracting or cutting off people who mean us well, who love us, who has our best interest at heart. We don't allow them to come in. We don't allow them to help us. And sometimes because of the hurt, sometimes we don't trust anybody, not only not only the unhealthy people, but even those that we know. We isolate ourselves from those that love us, not only those that we love, but those that love us, those that have our best interests at heart. Also, it even affects some of us by 
quit going to church, which that's that's the ultimate source right there, God being our source. Now, our friends and family, God provides them the means to be able to help us, and they are our resource. But the first thing is our roots, our relationship with God. A lot of times when we are hurt, a lot of times we distance ourselves from church, and sometimes we feel because it may be either our fault or whatever. Sometimes we just beat ourselves up. Sometimes we feel like, well, when I get it right, I'll get back into church. Or if I can fix this problem, then I'll go ahead and deal with it. Um, Sometimes the devil may make you have some insecurities because, well, I'm going through this. It's my fault. God don't love me. God don't care for me. So I'm on my own. And that's not the case. So other things, when it comes down to, I mentioned the hurt, the other part that's linked with the hurt, sometimes unforgiveness. Unforgiveness could sap the life out of you. You look at a tire, a tire, what does a tire have inside? Air. Look at yourself as a tire. Unforgiveness, excuse me, unforgiveness can take the air out of you. Unforgiveness, it creates havoc into your mental capacity, your emotional capacity. And also it does link with your, not just your spiritual capacity, but also your physical capacity. Unforgiveness could wreak havoc on your life. It could disturb your peace, rob you of your peace, your joy, your sleep, even your health. So looking at those many things that the results of the hurt when, what we're focusing on and moving to the unforgiveness. Another area where it comes down to losing control, sometimes insecurities. Sometimes insecurity can allow fear, excuse me, <clears throat> can allow fear to come into us and make us feel paralyzed about doing anything. Sometimes fear can come and it can make you be afraid to even go outside. You'd be surprised. So many people, they have fear. And I didn't realize how many different type of fear. There are so many different type of fears that are out there. Matter of fact, while we are on the air, I'm going to be looking up how many different types of fear. I'm not going to name all of them, but there's so many of them that people are just, Right now, people are afraid of anything and anything that you can look up that you might be afraid of. They put a name on it. They put a label on it. So once you start putting a name or a label upon it, then what happened? You identify that. And sometimes when you identify that, you take that upon you or you allow that into your spirit. So. We can't allow fear 
and not only the fear of going forward and doing something, doing something in life, but also the fear or the insecurities that fear comes along with. Because fear will paralyze you and make you feel that you cannot do this or you cannot do that. Fear will make you feel that you're inadequate. You're not deserving of just basic things in life. So looking at whatever whatever the devil would try to do to prevent you from going forward, having things, doing things, he's going to try to do it. So what we have to do, we have to look at what steps we can do, which we're going to share with you later on. But the main thing is looking at where we at today and being honest, being real with yourself. Because the first thing in order for you to get some help, you got to acknowledge you need some help. And this is not this is not anything meaning that you are a bad person or you are a failure or anything like that. Because to be honest with you, at some point of our life, it may not be now, but sometime in our past, we all need help. It, it may be in a nerd, um let's say a word of encouragement or something to help us to overcome something in our lives. And like I always say, this does not mean that you ain't saved. It doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have faith or anything like that. No, it doesn't. Right now, it might be an area that you're weak in or you need to overcome or you need deliverance in, but that doesn't mean that you are lost or you ain't saved or you, you dibbling into sin. It doesn't mean that. Now there's there are some people that their results are because of sin. But on the other hand, sometimes it ain't because of sin. Not all situation is because of sin. Sometimes it's just a practice behavior that's been passed down within family because you know we as people we are creatures of habit. So if a parent if a parent raised their child a certain way to do this and do this and do this and do that, that's all that child gonna know. So looking at whatever that you're in or whatever that you have dealt with, if you're not dealing with anything, look at what you have dealt with or look at what you will be dealing with. And looking to see, you know what, can I safely say that this is the area I can pinpoint that may have caused me to lose control of my life? So that's part of the things that we have to do as believers. We have to be transparent. We have to be able to look and say that, you know what, I need help. And we can't, we can't be afraid to acknowledge that we need help. That's why God want us to come to him. And that's why it's so important for us to willfully come to the altar. And when we come to the altar, there's an exchange that happened. So I want to tell people, never be afraid to go to the altar. It may be the altar of the church, but also, especially if you have your own place, you're welcome to have a place where you can just go to God. Let that be your altar for you to cry out to God, for you to be able to just give God whatever that you need that may be hindering you from being the men or ladies that he called for you to be, but also even a place of worship. 
you know, prayer time or some people may say the prayer closet. So have something for you to be able to just have and commune with our Heavenly Father. So along with looking at certain things that you may have allowed to cause you to lose control, what we need to do is look at what areas, what areas that I may have missed? What are some areas in my life that I may not have repented about? Because what happened a lot of times when we look at ourselves, we have to be able to take inventory and allow God to scan every area of our life for him to be able to pinpoint some things that we might have overlooked, that we might have allowed the devil to come in or fear to come in or uh, something hurt or whatever that may have caused us to allow ourselves to give up the power that God has given us. Now, a lot of times we look at the devil, but also a lot of times it ain't the devil that is dealing with us. Sometimes it's the results of our choices. So what we need to do is look at what are the choices that we are making that may be hindering us or maybe making us make unwise decisions. So looking at our weakness, are there any areas in your life that you are weak in or some areas that you may need to be strengthened in? Like I said, us being transparent. So you can write those things down. So that way you can allow that to be your homework assignment. And now you're able to have some things to give to God. So looking at the areas that you might be weak or vulnerable in. And so those areas that you are vulnerable in, I recommend that you get an accountability partner that will hold you accountable in the times that you may feel weak for you to be able to willfully go to them and being open and being transparent with them. So the other thing, when they talk about looking at our weakness, looking at us, looking at us first, the other thing I want to bring up, now we didn't talk about our weakness, we next need to look at what areas or is there anybody that we are allowing other people to become weak? What do I mean? That means, am I handicapping anyone in their life? See, the reason why I said that because a lot of times, because so many people, they allow other people's life to become their responsibility. And a lot of time, those people are able-bodied, but unfortunately, so many people who can't control their life or they are they were allowing other people problems to become their problems. They are handicapping people, like I said earlier, and unfortunately 
I'm going to say it like this, because those that know me, I work in the jail. I see a lot of young ladies, a lot of mothers, handicapping their sons. I see a lot of females, mothers, they are, they're not helping their boys to become men. They're handicapping them and keeping them, even though they may be older, they may be getting older in age or physical status, but they are hindering them from allowing them to have their own responsibilities. See, now I understand that there are times that because, you know, children may need the assistance of their parents. That's fine and dandy. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those that will not allow them to grow up. Those that will not allow them to make decisions. Now, you have to teach. And it's not just pertaining to, I'm just going to not talk about the boys, but it may be the children. Sometimes a parent, because they are afraid of letting go of their child, they would try to baby that child on up until they get married. Even sometimes when they get married, get out the house. Sometimes that parent, they will always try to make the decisions of grown folks or able-bodied people. You can't do that. See, a lot of times, like I said, they hate to, sometimes the parent will hate to see the child grow up. Sometimes they don't look at that person as a grown-up. They look at them as, well, that's still my baby. Yeah, but that's your child, but they're no longer a baby. But you making decisions for them, regardless if they don't want them to, don't want the parents to, you have to learn to leave your child, leave your child in God's hands, but also let your child make their own decisions. Now, I'm talking about older children. I'm talking about those that are up in age and sometimes those who are out of the house. Excuse me. But you'd be surprised how so many parents, they are hindering their children. They're not allowing them to spread their wings. They're not allowing them to make decisions. They're not teaching them how to make healthy decisions. The choice, the choice is theirs. I know if you want to sign a contract of any sort, you have to be 18 or over. Now, if you're 17 or under, you're considered a minor. You have to have the consent of a parent or a guardian. But after 18, excuse me, after, yeah, after 18, 18 or older, that child does not need the consent of the parent. But unfortunately, like I said, some parents, they make a decision and they child in their 40s and 50s and all that. No. And and I'm going to say this, and this is on the flip side. If you are that 
child or their offspring, you have to start telling your parent, no, I got this. This is mine. That doesn't mean that you disobedient to your child, to your parent or anything like that. No, but you say it in a respectful way. You say it in a healthy way. You say it in love. But until you say, no, I got this, and you break it down to them, sometimes their parent going to continue to do it because that's all they know. Or they feel like that's all they know. Or they feel like, well, I have to protect my child because, you know, um, my, my child, they may not, you know, they may not make good decisions. Or they may not, you know, do this. They may not make the right decisions. But if you are their parent, they say that you making decisions for them is not going to help them. So what you have to do, you have to trust what you've already told them. And they're also, like I say, put them in the hands of God. But you continue to talk to them and make decisions for them and do things, do that. You're, hand, you're handicapping them. There's an old cliche that says, you give a man a fish, you feed him a day. You teach a man how to fish, you feed him a lifetime. So whenever the parent comes to the, quote, unquote, comes to the rescue of their child, they're giving them a daily fish instead of teaching the child how to fish. I remember growing up, whenever I had a car problem, might have been changing the brakes, whatever, my dad was a mechanic. So I would go over to my dad, and he would always make sure as I'm changing, excuse me, as he's changing my brakes, I'm right there to watch. Now, he did it, but he made sure that I was there. And if I was going to go somewhere and just drop off the car, and do what I wanted to do or go somewhere else, you know, might have gone to the store or whatever, unless it was important. A lot of times he will stop what he's doing until I get back because he wanted to make sure that I knew how to either change a flat, work on a car, work on uh, brakes or whatever. He wanted to make sure that him asked questions and I could be able to mimic what he was showing me. So that's the same thing that we as parents have to do because a lot of time we're busy. A lot of time we're drained as parents. A lot of time we're drained, we're fatigued. Sometimes we feel like, well, we don't have a life. Or we feel like, well, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And a lot of times it's not that we, we're busy a lot of times we're allowing ourselves to be busy because we're picking up somebody else's responsibility. So we need to stop that. So with that, like I say, let's take inventory of everything that you're doing. And also check this out. This might, this might be kind of heavy, but you look at who calls you. Take inventory of the people that call you because a lot of times, they may call you because you want because they want something from you. Some people may call you because they want something from you. Some people may call you because they want you to do something for them. But look at the people that call you just to check on you. Hey, I just called check said you were doing that. Think about that. Now I mentioned about people who want to do something for them. 
may want to get something from you, but also you have to look at the people who call you just to waste your time. What do I mean? People who call you about gossip, call you about somebody else's life, somebody else's problem, somebody else's drama. Look at those people that may be calling you just to use your house, use your phone, use your ears as a, as a garbage disposal. Look at those people. Because to be honest with you, when it boils down to it, when you start taking inventory, and I'm, I can't say that word enough, taking inventory of your life, taking inventory of the people that communicate with you and the people that you communicate with, are they draining you? Are they adding anything to your life? That's something we got to think about. Because there are some people, they will only call you when they want something. Now, those kind of people, a lot of times they continue to call because we tell them, okay, or we say yes. Now, the funny thing about it, they calling you frantic. They calling you, well, well I, I need that, I need that. But to be honest with you, a lot of times, you're not their last resource. A lot of times, they calling you because of bad management. Or, most importantly, they calling you because they know that they can get it from you. Now, when I say about bad management, I'm going to say this. Think about, let's say somebody call, let's say, Somebody call and say, "Well, hey, you know, I need um, I need to borrow thirty dollars. I got to get my lights uh cut on. I want oh, I want to make sure that I don't get it cut off. So I, I need I'm thirty dollars short on my electricity bill. I need I need I need the uh thirty dollars from you. Okay, but you think about it. They may be thirty dollars short, but when you start talking to them or when you start figuring out more about them, a lot of times they didn't spend ninety dollars." Worth on cigarettes They spend $90 on cigarettes But they say they're $30 short For the electricity Or for food for the family What do they need to do? They need to give up Their money for cigarettes And start putting the, start putting the money Where the food needs to be at On the table You see If they really needed some help If they really needed some help they will say, you know what, I, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm not doing anything uh, unwise, and um, I'm real good my budget. But unfortunately, I had an emergency to come up. You know, I'm short right now, and I guarantee you, I'll pay you back with interest. Uh, here's a promise note, whatever. You know, you have to check out the person's character. When you start checking out a person's character, and you know, you know, this person upstanding, then you know you can do for them. Those kind of people you don't mind doing it for. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those kind of people you don't mind doing for because, you know, they they may be good on their word. But then other people that you don't really trust them, if you give anything to them, don't expect it back. Never give what you can't afford to lose. So many people, they'll come to you and, well, you know, uh, I, I, I really need this. And you may not have extra money. You might have your rent money in your pocket. You might have your car note, your car note money in your pocket. But don't you give it to them. 
because you don't trust that person. You can't trust that person. That tr- that person, they ain't reliable. But then there are others. Like I said, there are others that you know, and you might have your rent money in your pocket. It might be Monday, and your rent may be due on Thursday. And they say, you know what? I'm I'm I I pay you back. I pay you back on Tuesday. And you know that they have integrity. Those kind of people you don't mind giving because you know you get it back. But like I said, there are other people. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm going to say this. They will take your kindness for weakness. So with that, this going back into the responsibility about you, you not being weak. You can't allow your emotions to override sound judgment, your thinking. A lot of time, people play with our heart. A lot of time, you know, give us a sob story, violins, and all this and all that. Uh-uh. Don't let nobody pull your heartstrings. So I'm going to say this. Like, I had somebody. <clears throat> I had somebody that, uh, matter of fact, I haven't seen this person in 20 years. And I ended up running. I ran into them at a location. Well, actually, I'll tell you. I ran into them at, um, on the street as I was driving. I ain't seen this person in 20 years. Hey, man, how you doing, man? You know, good to see you. You know, I'll talk to you later. I'll hear my number, man. You know, we'll get a chance to talk later. And an hour later, an hour later, I haven't seen the person. I haven't heard from this person in 20 years. But an hour later, this person called me. Ask me for some money. Mm-mm. No, no, no. So in other words, if I didn't run into you an hour earlier, you wasn't going to ask anybody for some money? You know, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm not your first resource. No, I'm not. But I tell you what, this is going to be the last time I have you to call me. Mm-mm. No, see, because a lot of times... Not only people take your kindness for weakness, but sometimes people will take your faith for weakness. You can't allow that to happen. Just because you save, that doesn't mean that you're a format. Just because you're meek does not mean that you're weak. Uh Uh-uh. What you need to realize is God's people are wise. They, you know, you look at sheep, sheep, they consider sheep so mild, so meek, you know. Mm-mm. That's fine and dandy. But God's people are wise. God's people have God's spirit dwelling within us. Also, we have the spirit of discernment. So just because somebody tell you stuff, uh-uh, you better check it out. You better examine, examine it, examine it, examine it. Because you never know. Somebody might be telling you something and God may be telling you, don't do it. But you know why? <coughs> Excuse me. You know why a lot of times we get messed over? A lot of times because we saying, well, you know, uh, you know, the Bible say for us to help. Yes. But the Bible tell us also to try the spirit by the spirit. Because just because somebody coming to you with something don't mean that they need it. Some people... Some people, consequences of them lacking is because of not just disobedience, but mismanagement, mismanagement. Some people, 
They mismanaged their thing, their money, their property. And if you ain't careful, you would allow them to mismanage your property. So we have to be careful. We have to be prayerful. Not allowing people to take your kindness for weakness. Not allowing them to take your faith for weakness. You know, I hear all the time, but you know, the Bible said, if you notice, most of those jokers they be saying, but see, the Bible say, you know, they'll try to throw that guilt trip on you. And then the main ones ain't living an ounce of salvation themselves. And it's funny, so many people who ain't saved, they can try to tell you the scripture as if they know it better than you. So, no, no, no. Look here. Don't take it personal. Sometimes you got to tell people no. Sometimes you got to tell, sometimes you got to tell family members no, 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 no. And you, you know, you can say it in love. I know this is just, you know, us interacting, but you don't have to say, man, no, you better get out of my face. No, you don't have to say that. Just say, no, that's okay. No, I won't. I can't do it. Now, you don't have to say, well, now, well, see, see, I, I'm, first of all, you don't have to say, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm broke or I'm broke. No, you can just tell them, well, you know, I don't have it for that purpose. I don't. Now, I'm very careful on what I say in verbiage because when you, when you say you're broke, that means a lot of times you're unrepairable. So, you may not have money in your pocket, but you do have access to some money. So when you say you're broke, that means you ain't got money in your pocket and you don't have access to money in your pocket. Excuse me. Access to money, period. So you may not have money in your pocket, but you're saying when you're broke, you're saying you don't have money in your pocket and you don't have re- you don't have the resource for money or the source for money. So, like I said, it's all about verbiage. So, you may not have the money right then and there, but just say, you know, you don't have it for them to use it for that. So, we just got to be mindful of that because, like I said, when it boils down to it, people try to use us. And you, you, even though you love them, but if you don't put your foot down, Ashley not helping them. You're not helping people when you funding their foolishness or you're funding their their uh how can I say it? Them not taking a stance or not standing on their own two feet or whatever foolishness they may try to tell you. You're funding that. You're supporting that. So if you already know somebody is wasteful and you give them the money, I say, for example, you know, somebody that's, you know, they always buy alcohol. They always buy drugs, even cigarettes. Like I said, if you already know that they have some, they have an account just for their alcohol drugs, or even going out to the strip club. They got their own little stash right here for that. So they won't touch that. 
but they'll use your money to take care of other things or vice versa, you know. So the main thing is before you give any money, before you give any time, matter of fact, I'm going to stop right there. Just like you finna give them some money, if you were a bank, what would the bank do? The bank want to look, have you to fill out an application, want to check out some things and make sure that, you know what, you're not wasteful. Make sure not only you're not wasteful, but make sure that you're able to give the money back. So that's something to look at. So I'm going to move on. So along with along with making sure that you do your part and not handicap other people, you have to also allow a person to use their own voice. In other words, you can't speak up for somebody else. Now, those that know me, that's a pet peeve of mine. I hate for somebody to speak up for somebody else. Mm-mm. No. Everybody has to have a voice. And they have to use their own voice. So, let's just say if, I say a mother, if a mother always speak up for her son. Now, like I said, this is a grown-up. Talking about a grown-up. She's handicapping him from speaking, from learning how to handle conflict or how to make decisions. It's hindering him from using his own voice. And so what happened, if he uh, continued to allow her to speak for him, then when he becomes older or when he starts dating, he's not going to use his own voice. He's going to be looking for his girlfriend to speak up for him. And then eventually, let's just say that she stick around and they get married. So he's supposed to be the head of the house. He's supposed to be the man of the house. He's supposed to be the priest of the home. He's supposed to be the protector. He's supposed to be the leader. But he was so used to having mama to speak up for him and then girlfriend to speak up for him. And now he's a husband, and that's his wife. So what happened when crunch time comes, when it's time for him to defend the family, he's not going to be able to do it. He's going to be looking at her, and let's just say she does it, but that's hindering him from receiving the respect or even being respected upon by his family or even by her. So the first thing we have to do is make sure that we allow other people to use their own voice. Now, they may not speak eloquently. They may not uh, say the right things at the right time. They may not have their grammar correctly. They may stutter, you know, whatever. However long it takes them, allow them to express themselves. Because if he don't be able to effectively express himself, it may, it may bring some insecurities. So we have to allow him to use his own voice. And I just said an example of a boy or a young man, but it could go to the girls too. But I wanted to say pertaining to a young man because it's, it's, it's deep. It goes deeper than I feel than a woman. The reason why is because if he don't use his voice, like I said earlier, 
He's not going to be respected as the leader, as the man. And how can he effectively raise his family, protect his family? So in order for him to be respected, he got to be able to use his voice. So mother, realize as much as you love your child, as much as you love your son, you cannot make your boy to become a man. You can't teach your boy to become a man effectively without the assistance of a man. So when it boils down to it, a man is going to tell you as the mother, look, he got to speak up for himself. He got to do this. He got to do that. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't love your child. Sometimes it just, you might be concerned because uh, I say concerned or scared. I'll just say it like that because that mother has to see that there's a transformation from her having a baby, a boy, and now, quote, unquote, a leader, a man. So we can't hinder that boy in using his voice, expressing himself, and express it. And as he continues to express himself, he'll be able to express himself effectively. But a lot of times, I've been seeing, even in the jail, I've seen so many guys, they cussing, they stressing, they have anger management problems because they don't, they don't know how to express themselves properly. And that mother or that parent or even grandparents, sometimes grandparents have to raise the grandchildren now. But a lot of times that, that guardian, I just say guardian, take up responsibilities that really was not designed for them and it's going to be a lacking. It's going to be somebody's going to be affected. Sometimes it's at least one person. Sometimes it's more than one person. They get affected by that. So we have to allow we have to allow the people that we love to use their own voice stop coming to the rescue for them. There's nothing wrong with you supporting them, but make sure that you are the, the if you want to say, co-signer. Sign off on their problems. Don't sign off on their decision-making. Don't sign off on it. You be the co-signer. You can be behind them and looking from afar, looking to see, you know what, look at the situation. You're able to assess the situation, okay, and then making sure, hey, look, you know, you can look and see, you know, you know, you can talk, you can talk to them in their ear or whatever like that, let them know, you know, well, this is the best thing you need to do, everything, instead of, well, no, no, he needs to do this, no, 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 let's just say if he's in front of, let's say, finna do a business deal, hey, and you watching, make him use his voice, let him use his voice, but then it might be where you need to talk to him Pull him to the side, talk to him, whatever. But when he come back or when y'all come back, he's talking. So allow him to use his voice. And that will really help. That will build up the confidence. That will build up, that will build up uh, the self-esteem. So we talked about losing control. Now let's talk about gaining your power. First thing I want to say, I want to make sure I covered everything pertaining to 
losing control. Okay. I want to bring this up right quick. Watching who you allow in your circle. Sometimes we allow people, and this is not only if you're vulnerable, not only if you're hurting, but also there are sometimes where we just trust people. Sometimes we trust the wrong people. Sometimes we allow any and everybody in our lives, in our circle. And why is that? Sometimes because we're trusting people. Oh, you know, we, we're bubbly people, but sometimes we think that everybody is like that, and that's not the case. There are people that will use you, and I'm going to say this. There's no offense to anything like that, but even me being a minister, I tell people, listen, just because somebody say that they are saved, just because they say that they are a preacher or minister or whatever, don't let your guards down. I'm going to say this again because it's so many people that they have been used. I've seen so many people get used by people who they say, well, you know, but they said they were saved or they said they go to church. Okay. They saying one thing, but are you watching a lifestyle? Are you watching if they, if their lifestyle corresponds with what they're saying? Well, 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 you know, no, 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 I I never thought about that. I just, I just took them for its word. Don't do that. You never take somebody for their word. You take them for their actions. Word for the day. Don't take people' words of value. You take their actions for value. Now, if their actions, excuse me, if their words correspond or line up or is the same as their actions, then great. But if their actions are one way and their words are another, uh uh-uh. And I don't care what church they go to. That doesn't matter. Because sometimes some people use church as a meeting place, a social club. Uh Uh-uh. I always say you can always be, you can always know by meeting people at Walmart, that's where sinners and saints get together in fellowship. (laughs) You know, so when you look at it, you have you know you you, you kind of watch people when you're at Walmart, but sometimes we let our guards down when we in church. Uh uh-uh, uh, you don't do that. No, the same guards that you have up when you're at Walmart are the same guards you need to have up when you're at the church, and that's at any church. I'm talking about churches as a whole, so that doesn't matter because not being funny, but the devil go to church too. And I'm gonna say this for free: the devil knows the scripture better than you, more than just. Having somebody, but see, with thus stands the law, and that doesn't mean anything. No. You know the word for yourself. You know God's word for yourself. I'm going to speak about that later on, too. But I just have to say that. So watch your circle. Make sure that you don't allow just anybody in your circle, but also even people that you allow in your circle. Watch their people that's in their circle. So you need to be careful and be mindful of the people that we allow in our lives, in our circle. Who do we trust? See, now, people get this twisted. People say, well, you know, uh, uh, respect got to be earned. Respect got to be earned. Respect don't have to be earned. Respect is not earned. Respect is given. 
is automatic. Respect is given. But what is earned is not respect. What is supposed to be earned is trust. Trust is supposed to be earned. Respect is given. But we got it mixed up. We make people earn our respect and we give away our trust. No. You respect people? Now, just because you respect people does not mean that you trust them. So trust is a very important thing. You have to allow people to work for your trust. And those who are not willing to work for your trust ain't worth having your trust. So you have to know that. So that way you won't allow yourself to get hurt, for you to get uh, used to get conned. So when you realize that you have lost control, you stop. Stop immediately. When you recognize that you have lost control, excuse me, you stop immediately. You repent and you ask God to help you. Ask him to help you so that way you you can get your life back on track. But also, you may have a good grip on your life, but you have to ask yourself, are there other people, are there other people that you are allowing to make you lose your grip? You may not be losing your own grip, but you may be allowing other people who may allow you or who may take the grip from you. I say it like that. But also the other step, because I just said for us to recognize if we lose control, but the other step is we may be thinking that we have a good grip on our life, but if people tell you that you're losing, that you're losing control, if people tell you that, it's it's time to take inventory. Because a lot of times they may be seeing something that you may not be aware of. See, I can go to a mall, and if somebody tell me, "Hey, look, you got you got something written on the back of your shirt," I can't get upset. What I need to do, I need to go to the local mirror and see if there's a mirror that I can stand in front of that has a mirror that's behind where I can see what's going on with the back of my shirt. But so many people, when people come to them, they tell them, God might have sent them to tell you, hey, look, um, you know, I, I see some areas that you kind of slacking in or it look like you like you may need some help or whatever. You know, don't refuse wise counsel. Just take inventory. Just check and see. Find out for yourself. And who, <clears throat> excuse me, who knows? There might be somebody that really be uh, trying to help you, trying to tell you something. So that's something that we have to know, not only along with us recognizing that we lost control, but also if other people see us and they've lost control and they tell us that we've lost control. Now, before I go to the phone line, I want to say real quick, gaining your power. For you to gain your power, you first need to know your identity in Christ. Now, 
if you have lost control, I mentioned earlier pertaining to uh, losing control. I'm going to bring this in even pertaining to regaining your power. Now, in regaining your power, <clears throat> excuse me, in regaining your power, you do repent. You repent. You ask God to forgive you. If you have mismanaged your your resource, if you have mismanaged something that he has given you, you repent. And then also, you know your identity in Christ. Know your worth in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Because we as believers, we as people of God have no reason to have low self-esteem. We have no reason to allow people use us because of our faith. I want to emphasize that because of our faith. I've seen so many believers that have allowed themselves to be used because they feel like they're doing the right thing for the faith. But God did not tell you to do some of the things that we have done in the past. God did not authorize us to be used. God have us stewards. God have us managers of the things that he has given us. So if he has made us managers, we have to properly manage whatever he give us. Because he's going to hold us accountable for what he put in our possession. So whatever God gives, he has an assignment for everything that he has for us and everything that he has given us. And also he has an assignment for us. So us being on an assignment and the things that he give us are on assignment. So he want to make sure that we who are on assignment and what he has given us, which is on assignment, is effectively managed and given to the assigned area that he tell for us to put it in or to give it to. So we have to be very careful about that. Knowing your rights, knowing your identity, but also remove anything that's unlike God. Remove it out of your life. Anything that's unlike God. It may be some things that you feel like, well, you know what, it ain't no big deal or, you know, just it's just a little white lie or, you know, I might, you know, I might have sex with someone, you know, uh, I, I don't do it often or I don't do it on Sundays. I don't No, That doesn't matter. It don't even have to be pertaining to something like that. It could be lying on your taxes. It could be going to work. And not doing anything that you you supposed to be there to work. You clock you agreed to work up there and produce work, labor. But so many people they may just clock in and just do absolutely nothing. That's ungodly. That gives Christianity a bad name. And I've seen so many people that come to work and they be the main one, you know, hallelujah, bless the Lord. They'll say all these things, but they sorry as all our doors. So anything unlike God, remove it out of your life. Another thing, walk in obedience. Walk in obedience to God. Walk in obedience. In order for you to be obedient, you have to know God's word. Spend quality time in God's word. Spend quality time with God. And know that even though there may be some things that you might have felt that it was fun, disobedience disobedience and sin, some sin is fun, but guess what? It will lead to death. 
not just a physical death, it could be an emotional death, a spiritual death. The death of you being disconnected from the blessing that God has for you. So death is simply separation, separation from this life on to the next. So a separation, sin can separate you from the purpose that God has for you in your life. Sin can separate you from the blessings that God has for you in your life. <clears throat> so when you walk in obedience, the other thing you need to walk in, walk in forgiveness. Walk in forgiveness. <sighs> Forgive those people who have hurt you. Forgive those people who has rejected you. Forgive those people who have done you wrong. Forgive those people who have tried to use you, who have tried to get you fired, who have tried to take things from you. Forgive them. In other words, allowing God to remove the anger, the revenge, give it all to God. Put them in God's hand. But like I said, just because you forgive them, you can respect them. But that doesn't mean that you trust them. A lot of times people feel that because we were so close and then there was a conflict that happened and then I forgive you, you don't get that same position or that level of trust because I forgave you. The answer is no. So when people try to tell you, well, you know, we were so close at one time, you know, I just made one little mistake. Okay, that's fine and dandy. But you have to realize, easy, is easy, it is easy to have somebody to earn your trust. Excuse me, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. It's easy for someone to burn down your trust and so hard to build that trust back. Building that trust Rebuilding, rebuilding that trust is much harder the second time around. Now, building trust is already hard, but to rebuild it, oh, that's even harder. Why? Because I remember, because the same person, see, we can allow people to earn our trust. We can allow people to earn or rebuild our trust. But we have to look at if they have the same behavior, if they have the same attitude as they did when they used you, when they hurt you, when they did the things that whatever caused you to not trust them. If they have that same mindset, then guess what? They don't deserve your trust. They don't. We always say actions speak louder than words. So people can say one thing, but how they behave. And also you have to, like I say, have that spirit of discernment on how alert to see. Are they doing that for a motive? Because people can fake the funk for a little short time for them to get what they want. And then once they get what they want, then they go back to that same routine. Uh-uh. No. Check them out. Time will reveal. But most importantly, Prayer will reveal everything that was tried to be concealed. Mm -mm. So you be prayerful and realize 
The Bible tells us, lay hands suddenly on no man. What does that mean? That means don't give your approval. Don't give your trust to people who have not earned it. Don't do it. Do not do it. But also what we have to do, along with forgiveness and walking in forgiveness, which is very important, and I said this on a previous podcast, but I'll say it today. When you refuse to forgive someone, it's just like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So you have to forgive them because when you don't forgive them, when you hold on to unforgiveness, it pollutes your spiritual being. It pollutes your spiritual man, and it distorts your communication between you and God. It distorts your discerning spirit. It clouds it. So when you forgive a person, it cleans the area for you to see God and to hear God with no interference. The other thing in regaining your power, you must have a balance in your life. What do I mean? See, we as people, God made us to have four types of relationships in our life. It's a relationship with God, relationship with ourself. Let me rephrase that. A relationship with God, relationship with our family, social interaction, people outside of our family, which is, you know, friends, and then a relationship with ourselves. Now, first and foremost, God first. But everything else, it has to be balanced, healthy. You have to have a healthy balance of everything. Because I'm going to tell you like this. I don't care how somebody say, well, you know, uh, all I do, I just go to church. And when I get out of church, I go in my prayer closet and I stay there. I don't go out to deal with anybody. I don't uh, I, I don't interact with anybody. Uh, I don't, don't – if, if I see my family, this let's just say somebody this single, don't have any children. Uh, if if I want to see my brothers and sisters, whatever, they better come to my church because I don't deal with people. I don't go to the grocery store. Uh, I just eat whatever the church provides. Okay, now even though that person may be saved, but they are imbalanced because God built us for relationships. God built us for us to interact with people. And I'm going to tell you this, if you notice so many, the people who don't have a healthy balance, either they're always sad or they're very grumpy. They're mean. There are some mean people. So we have to have a balance in life. God made us, like I said, to have a relationship with him, to have a relationship with our family. Now, there are some family members that you may not trust. Hey. But there may be some other family members. Now, just because they may be your sibling, which is supposed to be closer to you, if you don't trust them, but then you may be a third or fourth cousin that you're close to. Okay, that's still family. So just because it may not be an immediate family, the main thing is you have a relationship with your family. But make sure, number one, that make sure – there's nothing on your part that's causing confusion or causing the conflict. So the other thing is relationship uh, with social interaction. That means people that are your friends, 
It could be coworkers, neighbors, you know, people that you may run into at the store. You know, you know, you know how to, you know how to be engaging. Hello, how you doing today? You know, um, and this is me. Whenever I, whenever I walk into an establishment, it could be at work. It could be not just at church, but it could be at work. It could be walking in the elevator in the building. Hello, how y'all doing today? It's nothing wrong with speaking to people. Nothing wrong with that. But even if they don't speak back, that ain't your problem. It's theirs. So I mentioned relationship with God, relationship with family, social interaction, and then also relationship with yourself. That's something that most people fail at. Relationship with yourself. Spending quality time with yourself, learning about yourself, knowing about yourself, not just you know, beating yourself up, but learn some some little funny quirks about yourself. So, Sometimes it's okay to even look in the mirror and say, you know, hello, how you doing today? Good morning. God made me beautiful. Talk to yourself. Some even so many people say, oh, but you, you know, that means you're crazy. No, it doesn't. Why do I say that? Because number one, when you speak to that person that's in the mirror, you speak in life to that person. You say what you want to hear. You let it come out of your mouth. Why? Because you have what you say. But also when you speak it, speak it into the atmosphere. Speak blessings over your life. Speak blessings. Speak favor over your life. Isn't nothing wrong with that. I would. And you know what? If you don't want to, I'll do it on your I won't I won't do it on your behalf, but I'll do it so that way the blessing that was holy coming to you, it'll come to me. So you have to make sure to speak. You have to make sure that you you say what you would want other people to say to you, say it to yourself. You don't have to wait for no man to tell you, oh, you're beautiful. No, look in the mirror and tell yourself that. Know that God made you in his image and likeness. So look in the mirror, tell yourself, encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and tell yourself, you know what, I look great. I look blessed. I am blessed. Speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. <clears throat> So with that, make sure that you have a healthy balance in your life because if you don't have a healthy balance, it gives the opportunity for people to come in when you have cracks in your foundation, have people to come in and use you to control you. Mm -mm. And also, also along with that, you must learn to speak up for yourself. Now, I spoke about not allowing somebody, not allowing yourself to speak up for somebody, but you have to allow yourself to speak up for yourself. Speak up for yourself. Work on your independence, but be dependent upon God. In other words, start looking at, you know what? I don't I don't I don't like to hear myself talk or I may stutter. So what? Continue to work on it. Practice it. Like I said, go in the mirror, say it to yourself. Matter of fact, some of us have smartphones. You can speak in that smartphone and start hearing yourself. Start reciting those things. Pray, meditate, and allow God to help you and give you the courage that you need for you to be able to regain your power. Speak life to yourself. Know your rights. Not only know your rights, your spiritual rights in the Bible, but also learn your rights at work. Because we all have rights. You know, 
you can be in an apartment. Don't you know that there are rights for apartment owners? Start reading. Start taking out the time to do some research. So many people, they have been used because they don't know their worth. They don't know their value. Not just um, spiritual or emotional, but like I said, even pertaining to work, you have rights. Even pertaining to you being a homeowner, you got rights. A car owner, you got rights. Learn your rights. Spending time, read. Don't just go by somebody's words. No, you find out for yourself. It's your responsibility. You know, I found out they say ignorance of the law is no excuse. That means, well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that uh, uh, it was against the law to to drive. And blah 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 blah. You know, just give an example. I didn't, I didn't know it was a. a, a uh, against the law to drive after 7 p.m. Well, just because you don't know it, it's no excuse. When you took the oath of getting your driver's license, you took it upon yourself to say that you will learn. You will take it upon yourself to learn, stay updated with rights pertaining to driving and stuff. Same thing pertaining to every aspect of your life. Like I said, I don't care if it's homeowner, car owner, whatever, anything that you're involved in, ask God to lead you to get the answers of you be able to know your rights. You have rights. You have rights. You know, the Bible tells us to obey the laws of the land, but also what that means is for you to know the laws of the land, not just for you not to break the law, but for you to know your stance. Take a stance. And also in you regaining your power, when you give a person an answer, let that be the definite answer. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't be wishy-washy. Okay. Well, no, 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 that's okay. Well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. First of all, don't open up your mouth until you have considered, that you have prayed over, and whatever answer that you say, stick with it. Stick with your answer. Let your answer be definite. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to get ready to go to the phone line. Oh, my. Okay. I'm going to get ready to go to the phone line right quick. Go to this first person. Hello. Welcome to Reconnect Mahal radio program. You're on the air. Hello? Hello? Okay, let's go to the next person. Hello, welcome to Reconnect Mahal radio program. You're on the air. Hello? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so along with that being said, I hope and pray that you all take take inventory of yourself and this is me also. I'm, I'm going to make sure I evaluate myself because, to be honest with you, a lot of us, we may not we may not have had it all together just like that. I know some of my hang-ups, I hated to speak. I hated to talk. I used to let other people speak for me, but I realized um, in order for me to get things done, I had to start speaking up for myself. And so uh, while, while I'm while I'm on the air, I do want to acknowledge one person. Um, I got a chance to chat with her yesterday, 
is uh, Miss Kathy Green. Miss Kathy Green. Uh, years ago, we were at work, working in the jail, and uh, the supervisor uh, ended up coming to, on a Saturday, ended up coming to the um, detail room and saying, from now on, we are not allowed, the officer not allowed to have chairs to uh, sit down while visitation is going on. And so everybody was like, oh, no, that ain't right. That ain't right. Oh, no. And the supervisor said, okay, for those who uh, disagree with that, <clears throat> excuse me, those who disagree with that, I want each and every one of y'all to write a memo. Now, in that room, it were 80, about 80 officers. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. About, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to write a memo. I'm going to do it. And I've never done one myself. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do one. And so over the speaker, a couple of minutes later, they said an all call. They want everybody who wrote a memo to come into the sergeant's office, excuse me, come into the lieutenant's office. And everybody that wrote a memo out of them, 80 people, everybody went into that lieutenant's office and we all were able to fit into that lieutenant's office, that little small office. We all were able to fit into, into that lieutenant's office. You know how many people, you know how many people wrote a memo? Two. Out of 80 people, two. Myself and Kathy Green. And I know when I was typing and I wrote into the, um, uh, wrote my memo, I said, well, I feel that we, I said we, I say everything in plural form to speak as if, you know, speaking on behalf of myself and my coworkers. And that lieutenant said, well, no, you have to change it because you're speaking for yourself. You got to speak for yourself. And because we were the only two that wrote a memo, he was saying I appreciate you all. You know, it take a lot of courage for y'all to be able to to do that. But see, the other seventy eight people, they don't have a problem with it. I told them to write a memo, so I don't care how they griped, but their actions were supposed to be writing a memo, and based upon their actions, they okay with not having a cheer. So it's actually two against seventy eight. So, unfortunately, y'all just a minority, so we're not going to have to cheer in the visitation. That really stuck with me, and that made me realize, no matter what, if it's something that needs to be done, speak up for yourself. Don't rely upon somebody. Mm-mm. Because what happened? If you rely upon someone to speak up for you, a lot of times they will speak based upon them being selfish or they may say based upon what they think you should have, not what God said you should have. So with that being said, I hope and pray that it was something that was said that will help you, that will encourage you, to make you think, but more important for you to be able to be help to become the men and ladies that God called for you to be. And whatever situation that you might have dealt with, that might have caused you to lose control. We're praying that God help you and help you to be able to recognize where you lost control at or be able to identify what caused you to lose control. Now for you to be able to gain 
and own what God's word says that you're supposed to have. Your rights, your authority. God has given us the power and authority. And this is the thing. God didn't tell us when the mountain comes for us to climb the mountain. No, we're not mountain climbers. God told us to speak to the mountain and it will move. Now, listen, we speak to the mountain and the mountain move. The mountain presence is not supposed to make us move. No, the mountain presence is supposed to make us aware of us opening up our mouth and speaking to that mountain and have it to move. That mountain may not be a physical mountain in your life. It might be a mountain of a problem on your job, a problem in your home, a problem with your heart, whatever it is, you speak to that mountain. You speak You speak what God's word says. You look in God's word and you find every situation pertaining to what he said about whatever you're dealing with, and you speak what God's word says about it. And when you begin to speak it, expect change. Expect, live the life of expectation. But like I said, make sure your hands are clean. Make sure your hands are clean. Make sure you don't have unforgiveness. Make sure you have obedience in your life. Make sure you have uh, forgiveness in your life. Make sure you have love in your life. Make sure you have the things that God have you to do for you to be able to be effective in this life. Now, whatever, whatever you have before God, you're welcome to, as we get ready to pray, you're welcome to cast all your cares upon him. You know why? Because he cares for you. God loves you. God cares for you. God wants you to be able to come to him in any and every situation of your life. God wants you to be able to help. God want to help you to be able to be the men lady he called for you to be. But also, if there's anything that's troubling you, give it to God. God God said, cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. God's word is for us. God's word is our lifeline. And God wants us to help. God wants us to be able to trust him in every area of our life. So with that being said, if there's anybody that may not be saved, this is your opportunity for you to come to Christ right now. Romans 10 and 9 tell us, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ thy Savior, and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whatever your situation is, give it to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today, God. God, we ask you, Lord, to help us, God. First of all, God, forgive us, God, for any shortcomings that we have allowed in our lives. God, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us, God. Forgive us, God, for any sin that we may not have, may not have acknowledged, God, or we may not have repented over, God. God, we ask you, to forgive us, God, and we receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for just being a great God, more than a great God. Thank you, Lord, for being our our source of life right now, God. God, we ask, Lord, there's anybody that might have lost control of their life, God. God, we speaking, God, that you forgive us, God. We ask you for forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. And Lord, we ask, Lord, to help us, God, to be more responsible, God, with our life and the things that you have us through, God. Help us, God, 
to be able to delegate responsibility, God. God, there may be some things that we might have taken up that you didn't authorize us to, God. Help us, God, to use wisdom, God. Help us, God, to not even allow other people to take our kindness for weakness, God, to play with our emotions or to deal with our emotions, God. Help us, God, to be able to trust you, God. Help us, God, to be able to consult you. Help us, God, to be able to tell people no, God. Help us, God, in every area of our life. And Lord, we speaking, God, those who may be grieving right now, God. We speaking, God, that you help them in every area of their life, God. Let them know, God, that you can be a mother to the motherless, God. You can be a father to the fatherless, God. You can be a friend to the friendless right now. In the name of Jesus, comfort them. Be with them right now. In the name of Jesus, and stand by everything you stand for, by every problem, by every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, but the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for our good. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for the testimonies from this right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and supported this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics or uh, topics on future episodes, feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. That's Brother spelled out B-R-O-T-H-E-R Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R or you can catch me on uh, my website org on my website and also my Facebook page. You can see my daily devotions and videos and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. And also on my website, you go to the store section of my website. You can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to A Few Good Men was written to inform the men of the needs and responsibilities to their family, their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother. To inform and also to inform women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to this show. Thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Radio Program. God bless you and good night.